Chari Shilharidas Takur Ki Jai Prem Sikaho Shikita Tanya Prabhupada Shi Adoy to Gadad Harshivasa the Gaur Bhakti Vrindi Ki Jai Shi Shi Radha Krishna Gogopina Shaima Kunda Radha Kunda Giri Govardhan Ki Jai Vrindavan Dhamma Ki Jai Matura Dhamma Ki Jai Navadweet Mayapur Dhamma Ki Jai Jagannath Puri Dhamma Ki Jai Gangamaya Jamuna Devi Ki Jai Bhakti Devi Ki Jai Tulsi Maharani Ki Jai Samaveta Bhakti Vrindi Ki Jai Gaur Premanande all glorious to the assembled devotees. All glorious to the assembled devotees. All glorious to the assembled devotees. All glorious to Sri Guru and Goranga. All glorious to Srila Prabhupada. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasaya Bhutale Srimati Bhakti Vedanta Swami Niti Namane. Namaste Sarasvati Deve Goravani Pacharani Nirvase Sisanyavati Bhaskatyade Satarani. Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yuta Padakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatam Vitam Stam Sajivam Sadvoitam Sadvadutam Paditana Sahita Krishna Te Tanyadevam Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakam Vitamscha Manchakal Pashipischa Keep us in the Bia Vital Paditana Pavanavya Vaishnavya Maha. Krishna Chaitanya. Okay. Seems like it doesn't want to be tight right here. It's like right in that place. It says, no, I don't want to be tight. You tight? Yeah. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So it's April 20th, 2020. Oh, yeah, maybe that's, yeah. Okay. The old posters, Stay High Forever? Yeah. Right? Okay, Let, let's say hi forever in Krishna consciousness. <laughs> in Hillsborough, North Carolina. We're reading from Canto 10, Chapter 16. Krishna chastises the serpent Kaliya, text 23. Text 23? Yes. Itam kula mananya gatim nariksha. Sastri kumaramati dukitamatmaheto. Agnaya marcha padavimanu vartamanaha. Stitvam hurtamudati sad urangabadat. Okay, let's do it by the Itam swagokula mananya gatim nariksha. Sastri Kumaramati Dukita Matmaheto Agnaya Marcha Padavimanu Vartamanaha Agnaya 
Sitva Mohurtam Udatishtadurangabandat Hey, word for word. Itam. In this fashion. In this fashion. Swa Gokulam. His own community of Gokula. His own community of Gokula. Ananya Gatim. Having no other goal or shelter than him. Niriksha, observing, Satsri, including the women, Kumaram, and children, Akidukitam, extremely distressed, Atmahetro, on his account, Agnaya, understanding, Marcha Padavim, the way of mortals. Anu Vartam Anaha, imitating, Stitva, remaining, Mahurtam, for some time. Udatishtat, he rose up, Oranga, of the serpent, Bandat, from the bonds. Translation The Lord remained for some time within the coils of the serpent imitating the behavior of an ordinary mortal. But when he understood that the women, children, and other residents of his village of Gokula were in acute distress because of their love for him, their only shelter and goal in life, he immediately rose up from the bonds of the Kaliya serpent. So there's no purport here in the BBT. Bhagavatam. Um, there are purports written by our Acharyas and I'm going to read just the one from Jiva Goswami there are also purports written by Sanatana Goswami and Sridhar Swami and Vishnu Chakravati Thakur uh, but I'm just today going to read the one from uh, Jiva Goswami and this has been translated by Banu Maharaj Banu Maharaj has also given a translation for the verse so I'm going to read also Banu Swami's translation of this verse. His translation is seeing the people of Gokula in that condition, having no other protector, understanding completely the extreme suffering of everyone, including women and children, because of him. After remaining in the coils for a moment to follow the path of proper conduct, Krishna then released himself from the snake's coils. So Jiva Goswami's purport. He saw all the people of Gokula in a condition of bewilderment, itam. They had no other shelter than him, having accepted him as their protector. Instead of gatim, the word patim is sometimes seen with a similar meaning. So gatim means like your destination, and patim means your... What's a pati? <laughs> Husband. So your, your protector. And that, that's significant when we think about the fact that the women and children are specifically included, Sri and Kumaram are specifically included. So one might think, well, the men only have Krishna as their protector, but the women have husbands, the children have parents, but even the women and children, they, are, they saw Krishna as their only gatim or as their only patim. He Going on with Jiva Goswami's purport, he then rose up from the coils of the snake. After some moments he got free. Why did he remain there for some time? He followed the conduct of letting people see the fault 
of the person who we would punish, marcha padavim anuvartamanaha. So this principle of letting people see the fault of someone before you punish them, we find it is often in the Lord's pastimes, which we'll get to shortly. Why did he rise up? If he did not rise up, so that's why he stayed. <laughs> but now, did he ri- now why did he rise up? If he did not rise up, he saw that Gokula, which was himself, swa, so we have in the Sanskrit, swa Gokula, which could mean his Gokulam. It could also mean he who is Gokula. If he did not rise up, he saw that Gokula, which was himself, would not live. Gokula had no other protector, Anandigatim. Or they could not but go into the water, Gatim, because of his precarious condition in the coils of the snake. He saw that they were about to enter the water. So from the previous verse, Balaram's stopping everybody from entering the water. Seeing their condition, he decided to rise because of their actions. So this is also interesting. Because everybody was going to enter the water, he said, okay, I've got to get up. The form Udatistat is a poetic license. He completely understood, Agnaya, that all people, including the women and children, had reached the pinnacle of suffering on account of him. Sastri Kumaram is an indeclinable compound expressing a group. Krishna, by his nature, cannot tolerate tolerate the suffering of any being, and they were suffering because of him, not themselves. And they were suffering because of his suffering. Thus he released himself from the snake's coils. He did this quickly, quickly after a muhurta, but a muhurta can be considered just a moment, or 48 minutes. Prabhupada in Krishna book says two hours. All this was seen by the people of Raja. So here we see an interplay between the Lord and his devotees. So we see the devotees have no shelter other than Krishna, and Krishna is dependent on the happiness of his devotees. The devotees, as we talked about in previous verses, they've invested everything in him. Remember the word that Krishna was their what? Anybody remember in Sanskrit? Their prana. He was their very life. I mean, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita that he joins with the life air to digest food. Whenever we eat, right, the food has to move. And uh, my esophagus was damaged in a car accident many years ago, so I've really become aware of this. So when we eat, the food has to move from our mouth through our esophagus, not go into our lungs. And then it's got to go through... uh, gate between our esophagus and our stomach and if that gate isn't working properly people can get heartburn and then it has to go into the stomach and there's another gate from the stomach to the small intestine it's got to go from the small intestine to the large intestine right and it's got to move through all of the blood throughout the body and the waste of course has to move out of the anus so this movement of the food is accomplished by Krishna. He says, I join with the air of life to allow the food to move through the body and be digested. So you could say Krishna is everyone's prana, and Arjuna in the 11th chapter of Bhagavad Gita says, you are air. Uh, but in this sense, the residents of Vrindavan, they saw Krishna as the prana 
uh, not just in a, in a strict physiological sense, but they saw Krishna as the prana, as he's everything to me. He, he is my life, right? And we talked about that day, how, you know, whatever we're most invested in as our life, for some people it's their money, for some people it's their house, for some people it's their, their child or their, their spouse, maybe their dog, right? Everyone has something that's their prana, without which they feel they cannot live. So here we have another word, gatim, the goal, where I'm going to. And that can mean literally that the residents of Rindavan were going into the lake. Ananya gatim. They had no other place to go but into the lake. Because Krishna is their life, there, there was no other place. They couldn't just go home. They're not just going to say, well, okay, Krishna's dying, oh well, let's, let's go home. You know, we, we might say that. We come many years ago here in Hillsborough on a field trip. We saw, there was a big house fire in the city. And the kids coming back from the field trip, we saw the houses burning. Um, and sometimes when the house is burning, people go back into the house to get something, isn't it? Usually a person. I don't remember his name, but one very famous runner went back into a burning house to try to save his brother and in doing so, burned his legs severely. And it's it's this wonderful, inspiring story about how he worked so hard to be able to walk again and finally became a champion runner. But people will go into a burning house to save their child or their brother or their, you know, grandfather. Sometimes they'll try to go into a burning house to save their photo albums. (laughs) You know, or something like that. Uh, That's their prana. So Ananya Gatim, they have no other place to go but back into the burning house. They have no other place to go but into the lake. Right? So there's Krishna. I I don't have any other place to go. Or it could be Ananya Patim. He's my only shelter. He's my... Or Gatim also as your destination. So maybe not literally into the lake, but of course they were literally trying to go into the lake. But also in terms of a shelter that he's, he's my only shelter. I can only go there. Without him, I, I cannot live. There's no meaning to my life. And we have this, of course, there's, the world is empty. There's, it, it has no meaning. I mean, literally, that's true for everybody. Literally, without God, life has no meaning. Uh, this One of my old high school friends uh, who was raised Jewish, but who's, who's become what he calls a messianic Jew. He's taken shelter of Jesus, and he's a real, he's a real born-again Christian. He's a real Jesus person who's trying to tell the whole world that they have to surrender to Jesus or they're going to hell forever. One of, he's in that mode. So we keep up on, on social media here and there. And uh, he was writing about the, the virus, the pandemic, and he was writing, well, if you believe in the law of karma, why should you help people? If it's their karma, they'll live, and it's their karma, they'll, they'll die. Why should you do anything for them? And I said, well, strictly according to the law of karma, if you're working according to the law of karma, you cannot save anyone who's not destined to be saved, and you cannot kill anyone who's not destined to die. At most, you're the agent of their karma. You're like the USPS or UPS or FedEx carrier, who can only deliver what you've ordered and paid for. If they're doing their job properly, that's all they can do. All they can do is they're the delivery person for what you've ordered and you've paid for. 
I said, but in the law of karma, if you do good for others, you get good karma, and if you do bad for others, you get bad karma. If you choose to be the agent of their good karma, you get good karma. You don't change their destiny. And if you choose to be the agent of their bad karma, you get bad karma. You don't change their destiny. I said, so in one sense, you look at that, it has no meaning. It really doesn't have any meaning, and all of the karma that we experience, good and bad, is on the platform of the body, which we are not. It's just like having a good or bad outcome in a video game, it, you know, or in a Monopoly game. It, it doesn't really have any substantive meaning. We can't really do any good or evil for anyone in this world, and we cannot really do any good or evil for ourselves. It's only for the body and the mind. But I answered him, there's another level beyond karma. There's another level. If you're acting for the pleasure of the Lord and as an instrument of the Lord, then you can actually create somebody's good fortune. Because it's explained by Vishnu Chakravati Thakur that the mercy of the Lord follows the mercy of the devotee. So when a devotee says, I want to give someone Krishna consciousness, which may go along with helping them get free from their disease, like the physician Lakunda in Chaitanya Lila, who cured people's material and spiritual diseases. In the course of doing his livelihood, he also gave people Krishna consciousness. And when we do that, we really do change another person's fortune. And we do something that is meaningful. When we dedicate everything to Krishna, everything becomes saturated with meaning. So this is true for everyone, and everybody wants meaning in their life. Everyone. Even the criminals want meaning in their life. I mean, there, there's no human being who isn't interested in meaning, however they may define it, however they may understand it. They want to feel that their life has value. Uh, perhaps the soul in the animal body or the plant body may, may not really be able to grasp this to the same extent but at least for those in a human body. Isn't that a fact? You know, if we feel that nobody values us and that our work isn't important and our work isn't valuable and nobody cares what we do or we're just doing something that anybody could do, then we're, we're not motivated. We're not encouraged. Right? That's my, my area of research is job satisfaction and motivation. <laughs> So it's true for everyone, really, that Krishna is the Ananyagatim, that Krishna is the only goal, that Krishna is the only, that our connection with Krishna is the only thing that adds meaning to our life. That's true for everyone. But for the Brajbasis, they realize that, and they realize that in relation to Bhagavan Krishna and in relation to the Vraj Kishore Bhagavan Krishna. And they're, they're not thinking of that Krishna is my Ananyagatim in terms of you know, philosophy. Like my conversation with, with my old high school associate. They're, they're not thinking in terms of philosophy. Well, <laughs> according to the law of karma, it's not really meaningful, and so I have to act beyond the law of karma, and how can I do something that has meaning and value to my life? Well, that's got to be associated with God, and what's the highest manifestation of God? Well, there's Brahmeti, Paramatmeti, Bhagavaniti, Sabdite, so there's Bhagavan. And the highest manifestation of Bhagavan is Akila Rasamrita Murti, he has all the rasas, and when Krishna displays all the rasas, he's in Vrindavan. So when we first come to the Hare Krishna movement, we may actually be thinking like that. 
you know, I always had a, a three-hour talk with this devotee in New Zealand, Arjuna, one of your Krishna Swami's disciples. We're talking about defeating atheism. So I, I, I was enjoying my... We were having like a mock debate for three hours, and I was, I was having a lot of fun. Like Krishna says, happy are the kshatriyas to whom such fighting opportunities come unsought. Happy are the brahmanas to whom such debating opportunities come unsought. So I was really, really enjoying that. Uh, but he was saying, you know, people, devotees don't realize that people can come to Krishna consciousness because of philosophy. And I said, well, not everybody comes to Krishna consciousness because of philosophy. Some people come because of the whole, you know, <laughs> the music or something like that. But many of us do come because of the philosophy. But the residents of Vrindavan, they're not thinking Krishna is my team because of the philosophy or because of the halva or because of the music. They, they just simply love. They, they just love. Their love is a hoitukiya pratika. Their, their, their love is as irrational as the love of any mother for her child. You know, it, it's not based on some sort of logic or philosophy. It, it's spontaneous, right? Or the, the love of, a, the romantic love between uh, men and women. That It's not rational, right? All we have to do is look around at people's romantic attachments to understand that the vast majority of it is irrational. And, and love is like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, here they have the, the supreme object of love. It's interesting there's the greatest rationale. But that's not what's motivating. You know, unlike our material relationships, where if we were rational, we wouldn't have those relationships. You know, we go, do I really want to be with this person for the rest of my life? Oh my God. But with Krishna, you can have volumes and volumes and volumes and volumes and volumes of philosophy. I mean, Srila Prabhupada himself translated like 80 or 100 volumes of books. And, you know, when you see the table of the books of the Acharyas that Vanuswami's translated, I think it's another 100 volumes. And he hasn't even finished everything. So there's hundreds of books, could be thousands of books of philosophy, giving the rationale why Krishna is the Ananyagati. He's the supreme shelter, he's the supreme husband. But once one understands that, one's love for him becomes beyond rational. It becomes just spontaneous. And what is this love? Love is knowing if my beloved's happy, I'm happy, and if my beloved's not happy, I'm not happy. That's love. My happiness is my beloved's happiness, and my unhappiness is my beloved's unhappiness. If they're unhappy, I'm not happy. It doesn't matter what I have. The residents of Vrindavan are like, well, okay, Krishna's dead, but we've still got Vrindavan with the desire trees and the, you know, the water that's like nectar. And, you know? I mean, that's generally how we think. I know devotees who've left Nugoloka because of various unhappinesses over various things. And we're like, well, that's a shame, but, you know, I'm still here. I've got my life. Sorry that they're not happy. But for the residents of Vrindavan, Krishna's not happy, that, that's it. And they're willing to go into the poison water to try to save him. For them, Sanatana Goswami explains that for them, the poison of the water is not as poisonous as standing on the bank watching him die. 
So it took me a while to find this yesterday. This is in the Brihad Bhagavatamrita, where the story of Kali is told a little differently. And as we know in the previous verse here, Balaram is speaking right to the residents of Vrindavan. So in the previous verse, um, it says that Balaram restrained the residents of Vrindavan. And he was, he was speaking to them and telling them, don't go in the lake, it's okay. Krishna is going to be all right. He's very powerful. Don't worry about it. Right? But according to Sanatana Goswami and the Brihad Bhagavatamrita, Balaram also spoke to Krishna. He said, Oh, Krishna, Krishna! These people are not your associates in Vaikuntha. They are not your monkey associates. They are not the Yadavas. They are the people of Raja. You are their only life and soul. They are dying now. Lord, I have no power to save them. Which is interesting, because Balaram is also Krishna. (laughs) They are now lifeless, merciful Krishna, only friend of the people of Raja. Please give up this pastime of being in the coils of Kaliya, or your gentle heart will become filled with grief. So here we see something very interesting. We can understand philosophically, reasonably, that the Supreme Lord is the only shelter and the only life and the life heir of everyone. Technically, physiologically, philosophically, ontologically. But why would this be true in reverse? Why would for the Supreme Lord, who's full in himself, why would he consider the happiness of the insignificant living entities to be his life. But he does. For Krishna, he considers the happiness of his devotees to be his happiness. Krishna is not some kind of, you know, cruel dictator who's like, give me all your happiness so I can enjoy it at your expense. That's what we see in this world. You know, in this world, when the government says, serve the government and you will be happy, they're trying to take as much from us as possible and give us back as little as possible. We all know that. It's not a secret. Or with, you know, some company. They want to give you as little customer service and as low quality of a product as they can get away with and take as much of your money as possible. we're sorry to say that such is even the case in the most intimate family relationships. People are thinking, how can I get at least a little more than I give? If I get too much more than I give, the other person will leave. But how can I keep the scales a little bit in my favor? And there was this very famous book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, that talked about how men and women keep score. And now they want to make sure that, that, you know, it's either even or they're getting a little bit more. So we don't really understand this. You know, when Krishna says, Sarva Dharma and Pritya Ja, we're like, well, I don't know about that. I don't know if I want all my happiness invested in your happiness. What about me? If, if I invest my happiness in your, because in this world it's like that. 
Whenever I've invested all my happiness in the happiness of another jiva, they have disappointed me. Isn't that a fact? Because I've done that. I've taken another living entity in this world, and I've invested everything in that living entity. They're my everything. And it, it doesn't work. I don't feel fully satisfied. They don't feel fully satisfied. Prabhupada talks about this at length, how Gandhi gave everything to India, but an Indian citizen killed him. At least one person in India wasn't happy. Yeah, so we're, we're thinking, why should I give everything to Krishna? It'll be just like that. But Krishna also gives everything to his devotees. He says, oh, my devotees are suffering, and they're suffering because of me? They're suffering because I'm in Kali's coils? I'm causing them suffering? I can't do that. Krishna sells himself to his devotees. Prabhupada says the devotee has Krishna in the palm of his hand, which is why bhakti is so rare. Because Krishna sells himself to his devotees, he only wants to sell himself to someone who doesn't want to exploit him. Because Krishna actually gives us that power. And he's only going to give that power to someone who really only cares about him. Does that make sense? But Krishna's like that. He gives himself to his devotees. Krishna's happy in seeing his devotee happy. This is why Mahaprabhu and the role of a devotee is praying for ecstasy. You know, Krishna does, Kaviraj explains this very nicely in Adi 3. How it may look like the gopis are, have lust. It may look like they have kama. Because they seem to be interested in their own happiness. And Mahaprabhu is praying like this. When will my eyes be decorated with tears of love? Flowing constantly when I chant your holy name. When will my voice choke up? When will the hairs of my body stand on them? And I'm like, boy, when am I going to have great enjoyment with you? But if we think about it, even for us, what gives us the greatest pleasure is when we're a source of happiness for somebody. Even our president feels that way. Seriously. He wants to know that everybody is happy because of him. Isn't it a fact? Right? And he's always exaggerating it. If there were 10,000 people who were happy because of him, he says there were 500,000 people who were happy because of him. But we're all like that. We all want people, as soon as they see us, to feel joyful. We want the gifts we give others to bring them happiness. We want the work we do for others to bring them happiness. We want to be the source of happiness for others. Everybody's like that. Because Krishna's like Krishna wants us that when we just see him, we feel so much joy we can hardly contain ourselves. When we just say his name. Like Rupa Goswami says, how much pleasure is there in the two syllables, Krishna? We want millions of mouths and millions of ears. And when the name dances in the courtyard of the heart, all the senses become inert. Maharaj Pritchard, when he's asked, what benediction do you want? He says, I want millions of years. Not literally, obviously. That would be rather odd looking. 
So that's what Krishna wants. Krishna wants to be the source of happiness for his devotees. And he wants to immediately mitigate the distress. He can't tolerate even a moment of their distress. And you may say, well, why did he say Kali at all then? This is kind of an interesting pastime because with a lot of the demons, Krishna just dispatches them. Like Dainikasura comes to Balaram, Balaram just grabs his feet, and then Krishna and Balaram take all the donkey demons and just, there's no protracted thing. Right? Keshi comes, Krishna just goes, what? Right? Left arm right into his mouth. And in, uh, I think it's in Savamala or Pajavali, Rupa Goswami says that Krishna has some marks on his upper left arm, like a, a bracelet from Keshi's teeth. Or Ristasura just picks him up by the horns. Aga just, well, Aga, there was a little delay. He goes in and every, all the demigods are like, ah So sometimes you have this little delay, right? Krishna goes into Agasura. Or what about when Nisingadeva is fighting with Hiranyakashipu and he lets him slip from his hand, right? And then Hiranyakashipu's out there. Or the same with um, Hiranyaka. The Hiranyaka knocks Varaha's mace from his hand and it's, the mace is swirling through outer space. So, of course, one reason is just drama. Because then there's different Vyavichari bhavs that come for the devotees. And these Vyavichari bhavs, it's nice, Rupa Goswami, or maybe it's Jiva, is explaining that Vyavichari means it's pushing back against the normal Saibhav. It's, it's like there's these different emotions that are pushing against the primary emotion. So the relationship is full of variety. Because Krishna likes drama and he likes excitement. You know, if the hero always kills the villain in two seconds, it's, that's boring. There wouldn't be any billion dollar movies if the hero always killed the, the villain in two seconds. You know, it's always this protracted drama. Isn't it? Right? And when I was a kid, all my friends watched Batman. I think I watched two shows, and I said, this is really stupid. But, you know, at the end of one show, Batman would be, con- would be captured by the villain, and at the end of the next show, he would con- conquer the villain. And I said, this is it was very formulaic. I said, this is really dumb. <laughs> but, yeah, if, if you're never captured by the villain, there's no excitement. And all my friends would be talking about, how's Batman going to get out of it this time? <laughs> So that's one of the reasons he does it, but there's another reason which is explained here with the words marcha padavim anuvartamanaha. Marcha means those who die, which is a, a term often used for human beings, the mortals. Anuvartaha is to follow their path. So one of the paths of the mortals is that you don't chastise someone unless you've established their guilt. This is the idea of due process, which we could use a lot more of in our international society for Krishna consciousness, by the way. That's a little advertisement. But the idea is you only chastise someone, you only punish somebody if you've established that they're guilty. So why is Kali guilty? I mean, he's just hanging out in the lake. He's just living his life. And he happens to be poisonous. Why should he be punished just for living his own life in his own way? Right? I mean, if we went around killing all the poisonous creatures, we'd be very busy for a very long time. 
that's their, that's their thing. But Krishna was establishing that Kali was also aggressive. That he wasn't just living his life, that he was aggressive. So he stays in the coils for a long time, showing that Kaliya is an aggressor. Uh, a similar situation is there. Why was Yudhisthira in, incited ultimately by the Lord? He's Dharmaraj. He's totally in touch with the Lord. Everything that Yudhisthira does is perfectly in, the will, in, in Krishna's will. Why was he you know, inspired to gamble so far? Because it showed the evil nature of the Kurus. The Kuru should have said, sorry, you know, we're not going to accept your brothers or your wife as a bet. And even then, to try to humiliate Draupadi and insult her in front of everybody. So everybody can understand these Kurus were not fit to rule. So Krishna also shows, he also demonstrates that. So it wasn't just, Krishna does many things with one action, he's, he's clever. So he's both involved in this rasa with his intimate devotees and he's also as God, he's establishing the proper behavior among human society. So we should become like these rich vasis for whom Krishna is everything. And if we become like that, Prabhupada says, even to a minute degree, our life is successful. And then for Krishna, we will also be everything. And that's what we want, isn't it? Don't we want that there's a perfect person for whom we are everything? So we have just a couple minutes for questions and comments. Yes, the Purva Prabhu. Uh, does Krishna also want excitement and drama in our life? Does Krishna also want excitement and drama in our lives, was the question. I'd say, uh, subjectively, yeah, seems like it. <laughs> subjectively, it certainly seems like that. We, we certainly see in the Shastra that the devotees usually have excitement and drama in their lives. And we certainly see in the lives of people in you know, history that we know of in our Sampradaya today, that there is excitement and drama in our Of course, Gobi Parenadana Prabhu, you know, he used to live here for a long time. And uh, I remember him saying, why is the Bhagavatam full of stories of kings? He said, why isn't it full of stories of brahmanas? He said, brahmanas usually have really boring lives. <laughs> what are you going to have? They woke up, took a bath and meditated, then they meditated some more, they ate some fruit. <laughs> They did their puja and meditated some more. And then the shastras went to bed. <laughs> that was what we printed in the Prabhu's realization that the lives of the Kshatriyas were a lot more interesting. And so therefore they're in the Bhagavatam. But anyway, no, we see that, that Krishna does like to have drama and, and excitement in the lives of his devotees. He likes to hear when Mahaprabhu, he, he would uh, sit with Gadadhar Pandit uh, and Gadadhar Pandit, they would talk about whose, I think, appearance day is coming up. And, and they would talk about Dhruva Maharaj and Prahlad Maharaj. We're always looking for someone who wants to hear our stories. Good luck in this world. Can I tell you what I did yesterday? Uh, I don't know, I have a place, someplace to go. And, you know... Nobody's very interested in our stories. <laughs> but Krishna's interested. He's in our heart. He's very interested in our stories. 
and he sits around with his other devotees and he wants so what's a Purva doing on the earth planet he wants to know he actually wants to know and he's talking about it with his other devotees wow did you taste those Gulagjamans a Purva made for the feast wow they were incredible and you remember what he was thinking about when he was making them? Yeah, he was thinking about this festival and that festival. He was thinking about Prabhupada. Oh, I was having so much fun being in his heart and listening to his thoughts. Wow, and then he got angry at the cook who didn't have the ghee ready on time. But then he decided that he was going to rise above his anger and forgive the other cook. Wasn't that exciting? Yeah, that was really exciting. So yeah, Krishna's very interested in your story. And how you're trying to publish your cookbook and now if you're ready to publish, there's no paper coming from China and the printing presses are all on lockdown. Right? And those of us who want to publish, we can't publish anything. <laughs> and it's not a, books are not an essential service. <laughs> Nobody's shipping books anywhere. Yeah, of course, more than books. So, you know, Krishna's interested in that. Krishna's interested in how Prabhupada had to fight with Mr. Nair to get the Juhu temple. I'm sure he's having a party, you know, after <laughs> when the temple was finally, was finally secured. It's not just that the devotees have a party when Krishna's dancing, you know, Krishna defeats Kali, and Krishna has a party when the devotees defeat the demons as well. Well, Prabhupada Kija, Adam Lokananda Kija, Shri Mad Bhagavatam Kija.